Resurrection is the central element of the Christian faith. As St. Paul tells the Corinthians, if Christ has not been raised, our faith is vain. He reiterates the point. If Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. St. Peter also emphasizes this when he writes that we have been born anew to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. The Easter celebration of the resurrection is the high point of the liturgical year, the font from which all Christian life and faith flow. In the Creed, we profess our belief in Jesus' resurrection on the third day and that we look forward to the resurrection of the dead, our hope that we too will rise. But how well do we really understand resurrection? If we are confused about the nature of resurrection, we run the risk of missing it when it comes. There is no shame in being unclear about resurrection, as even the apostles struggle to understand. On the Mount of the Transfiguration, Jesus warns them not to tell anyone what they have seen until the Son of Man has risen from the dead. St. Mark relates that they dutifully keep silent about the matter while questioning, questioning among themselves what rising from the dead means. Their incomprehension is brought into sharp focus in the post-resurrection appearances of Jesus, where he is often not recognized or mistaken for someone else, even encountering St. Thomas's stubborn refusal to believe on mere report. Jesus himself recognizes the difficulties resurrection presents to human comprehension, as we see in the conclusion of today's Gospel, and he gives us the way to understand and recognize it. If they will not listen to Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded if someone should rise from the dead, Abraham tells the rich man. This has a direct echo at the end of Luke's Gospel in the encounter of Jesus and the two disciples on the road to Emmaus. There, Jesus lovingly reproaches his benighted disciples, O foolish and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interprets to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. It is only possible to understand the resurrection through the lens of scripture. This is what the Creed means when it says that Christ was raised according to the Scriptures, not that the New Testament declares the resurrection, but that the Old Testament foretold it in word and prefigured it in deed. Rather than the resumption of biological life, Jesus' resurrection is a spiritual reality. It is the revelation of an aliveness over which physical death has no power because it is life from outside space and time the eternal word of life who is in the bosom of the Father. But if the resurrection of Jesus is the definitive revelation of this transcendent life, it is also the case that it shone out in glimmers and sparks and flashes in the life of the patriarchs and prophets, giving hints of what was to come. The resurrection is also the revelation of Christ in them, as they rise to a life that is not defined by time or duration, but rather consists in being known by God. Properly speaking, there is only one resurrection, that of Christ. Our resurrection can only occur in him. It will be the revelation of his presence and life in us. The judgment will be seeing how closely our actions in this life accord with that reality. 
Did I comport myself as the Son of God I became in baptism? Did I obey the commandments? Did I take up my own cross and follow him? If so, we rise to glory. If not, we rise to condemnation and shame. The resurrection is a promise that what we do now in the name of Christ, all our acts of virtue, will open unto eternity, incorrupt and ever-living, because they are Christ. There is nothing so inconsequential or mundane that it cannot be glorified, for all things can be done with love. If in the Incarnation we see that there is nothing in the human condition that can prevent God from becoming man, then in the Resurrection is shown that everything that is properly human is capable of being divinized. Moses and the Prophets do not merely hold out a hope of future glory, however. If we listen to them through their presentation in the Liturgy and through diligent and prayerful reading of the Bible, we can become more sensitive to the promptings and invitations of Christ as well as becoming aware of the danger of complacency and self-indulgence embodied by the rich man in the parable. We can live the resurrection now in faith, hope, and love, manifesting the life that is Christ. Moses and the prophets join in chorus with St. Paul's exhortation to Timothy in the second reading. Compete well for the faith. Pursue righteousness, devotion, faith, love, patience, and gentleness lay hold of eternal life. The witness of Moses also testifies to the presence of our crucified and risen Lord in the Eucharist. It is the manna in the desert given to sustain us in our exile, a pledge that God knows you as he knows Moses, his friend. Let us lay hold of that promise, asking him to raise us up even now, his life alive in us.